Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roto World Basketball Show. We were almost back to hats only. I thought this was going to be the first one in a few weeks, but Raphael didn't get the memo. He is yeah. here from NBC Sports, along with me, Vaughn Delzone, and Dan Titus joins us as always. Rocking the Supersonics hat. Dan's working for Yahoo Sports. We have a loaded show uh, featuring thoughts, final thoughts on the end-season tournament. Uh, Draymond Green's latest haymaker, plus injury news like Paul George. Uh, and Kyrie Irving. So exciting show, guys, as always. Um, where should we start, Dan? What do you want to talk about today? It's got to be Draymond, right? Yeah, we can start with Draymond. And uh, I mean, I just don't, at least he apologized. He got in front of it this time, but like, I don't think anyone's believing that he's not, I don't know, he's not in control of his flailing arms and doing 360 slaps like he's in WWE. It's just a, it's just ridiculous at this point. Um, it just sucks for the Warriors because now that they're, they're he's probably going to be facing a, a suspension that's probably going to be north of 10 games just based off precedence alone. Um, something to be said, man. He just keeps on targeting these foreigners, man. Rudy Gobert, Demonis Sabonis, now Yusuf Nurkic. Like he's got a type, and I, I just don't I don't get it, man. Like he's he's too he's too he's too old for this. Like you're a vet, bro. Like you're costing your team games. Um, but I would say that it's at least a good thing for Dario Saric. So pick him up in fantasy as well as Brandon Pazemski. Yeah, Draymond, to me, Raphael, when I watched that, um, I mean, obviously he meant to do that to some degree because, you know, <laughs> he uh, he has, you know, he says he uses his arms to uh, get calls. Uh, but he looked like someone that slipped on soap in the shower and tried not to fall against the curtain uh, when he turned around and hit him. So that's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> It's like if you wanted to draw the attention to it, why wouldn't you just throw your hands straight up in the air? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm done with it. The sad thing is, like, they were playing pretty well. They changed the lineup to start the third quarter. Draymond was at the five, um, I believe. I can't recall who came in for uh, Andrew for uh, Kevon Looney to start the third quarter, but. They played a lot better. They were up about six when the incident happened, and then everything just went to hell from there. Like, they had a chance to win thanks to a bench that scored a total of 80 points, um, which kind of makes you understand why Wiggins and Clay Thompson were benched down the stretch. You know, they continue to struggle. Um, a lot of us have been clamoring to see more of Moses Moody, Brandon Pajemski. Draymond's suspension may prompt that, but – they still have to address the issues with Clay and Wiggins. And obviously fantasy managers would like to know as well, because those are two guys that you really can't cut or trade right now because of their positions in the rotation, but they've been really poor. 
Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of changes coming. And I thought it's interesting, too, to see those guys finally start to uh, not play late in games. And I think Moses Moody, like you, I agree with you, will probably be the biggest beneficiary. We've been preaching for it. Uh, let's see if it happens. But, um, yeah, Draymond Gray, man, classic. Always giving us something to talk about every single week, whether it's good or bad. Uh, but let's talk about the in-season tournament because the Warriors were not in that. Uh, the Lakers won. They beat the Pacers. And, I mean, that was exciting. Vegas – the court looked cool. Vegas looked packed. Uh, AD shined, 41 points, 20 rebounds. Uh, what was your opinion on the final, Dan, and uh, Tyrese Halliburton, too? Yeah, I think it was just a Lakers masterclass. Like, I think that's what the Anthony Davis everybody wants to see on a consistent basis. But unfortunately, uh, he just seems to be more of the defensive-minded guy that's just going to try to, you know, be the anchor for their D. So you don't really get to see him go off of these monster games. But, like, I think that was like the clear deficiency of the the Pacers that we've seen all years. Like they just don't, they can't, they can't guard the interior and they can't play defense. But they have been doing better as of late. But I think it's really just a testament to how serious the Lakers are. And when they're healthy, they're really that good. I think it was Austin Reeves that really kind of shined like as much as AD probably off the bench there. Um, just had a great game and under the weather. That was his, his version of the flu game, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, I do think it was a bit much in terms of like the celebratory antics. Like, you know, what I mean, do you really need the bottle champagne popping and you know what I'm saying, putting the 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 rafter and the the banner into the rafters and all that? But I think it it it's it's important though that the NBA and teams are taking this seriously. And uh, I think it's just gonna be a good thing that. I think other leagues are probably going to figure out how to adopt in some form or fashion because it just it just makes financial sense to sell another product. But then also for those seasons that go long, like baseball and basketball, you get a little bit more of um, a spotlight on the sport, um, even if it's just a regular season. So all in all, I think it was great. And I think it's great that now the world is starting to understand who Tyrese Halliburton is. Um, just great dude and a great player. So a lot, lot to look forward to there. One thing you hit on, too, was the money incentive of the in-season tournament. Um, there was a couple people there that I follow on X that were at the game, uh, and they were out afterwards. TJ McConnell and Aaron Neesmith, you know, second place winnings. They were at Prada right after the game. Uh, so not even two hours after the game, they were at Prada. Uh, you know, um, like TJ McConnell. So, you know, that's also just an incentive for these guys. They're going to play hard to get that extra money to get things they want. It's Christmas season as well. Uh, you know, a good thing to take care of your wife and family as well for these guys, oh, yeah. especially since they're traveling all year. Uh, Raphael, what was your opinions on it? I, I'm, I line a lot with Dan, and I didn't have high hopes at all for the in-season mm -hmm. tournament coming into the year, but I think it was a success and not surprised that the Lakers and LeBron won. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, I think the power of being the first to do something is what pushes anyone in any competitive endeavor. Um, so that really helped. Obviously, the Lakers took that on full, you know, full bore. Uh, LeBron, I, I, I don't think it should matter in that whole legacy conversation that I want no parts of, but I'm sure some people will bring it up. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me, at least from the weekend in Vegas, was the New Orleans Pelicans. Like, you're, you're in a franchise that really hasn't had too many big games since it moved to New Orleans from Charlotte. A couple of playoff series, obviously, but other than that, haven't had any big games. They didn't show up at all. Like they, they, they led the first quarter after the Lakers, and it was like, all right, that's enough. We'll take our 100K and go home. <laughs> and you get beat like that on that type of stage, 
it's unacceptable. You know, I know a lot of the focus has been on Zion Williamson, and rightfully so. He's supposedly the franchise cornerstone, you know, being paid like that, and people want to see more from him production and you know just basic stamina like he won lebron at 38 almost 39 years old shouldn't be beating you up and down the court consistently if you're zion's age you know that, that's a major concern it's like how much urgency do you have like you know this they're gonna have to figure that out you know they played well beat minnesota in their first game back from the end season tournament so you give them credit for that zion's questionable on wednesday but you would hope that a beating like that will lead to some soul searching, but I'm sure they've done it before. It just nothing seemed to gotten through, but you get embarrassed in a stage like that. If you're a competitor, I would sincerely hope that you start to figure some things out and take some of the things that we hear legends saying about Zion seriously. Yeah. I don't think it's just, you know, new Orleans in general. I think Zion's probably done a lot of soul searching yeah. over the past few seasons. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, Probably a lot of, you know, the hype that he has to live up to, too. That's the reason why he's hasn't been doing what we all expect, especially him being questionable tonight makes me just shake my head because, it's of course, he's questionable. <laughs> uh, but, Raphael, I mean, are you really LeBron Stan if you don't say that he's got the in-season tournament championship and Michael Jordan has zero of those? I mean, <laughs> come on, bro. Let's be real. LeBron's the goat. Uh, Dan, <laughs> let's talk about – the eight straight 30 points from Luka Doncic. We talked a little bit about Kyrie Irving's impact uh, with him having a heel injury. Luka's on fire, man. Uh, he had 33 against the Lakers after 35 from the Grizzlies. You can just keep going down the list. The numbers are impressive. So what's the uh, fantasy impact for Dallas right now? And obviously, Luka's run. Yeah, Luka's run's been – I mean, it's everything we expect, man. Like, I think he does this year in, year out. There's always some injuries or someone's not playing well, and Luka always has to shoulder the load, and he continues to do that. Um, that pass that he had to Dante Exum probably pass of the year, man. Like, mm -hmm. I don't where how did he see him? And also like the touch and the the speed at which yeah. that ball got there, like just went right past the defender's head, man. Like he's just a ridiculous, ridiculous point guard and just general basketball player. But anyway, um definitely some fallout from Kyrie's injury, though. Excuse me. <coughs> so Dante Exum, what what happened? 2014. Fifth pick of the draft, seemingly a bust. Now, all of a sudden, he's averaging 16 points, five assists, four rebounds over the last five games. Last night, hit seven threes, seven out of nine from three. Like, that's just not Dante Exum that we ever expected. So I think he's the early winner here. Um, mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving's going to be on crutches. He's He was seen on crutches, still in a walking boot. So there could be, you know, a multi-game absence looking like here. There's no timetable. So I think Dante Exum is a person that can slide in right now and produce right away for fantasy managers. Um, the other person I was going to say was uh, Derek Jones Jr. He sustained a quad injury on, on Tuesday. So may not, or sorry, on Monday. Monday so yeah. yeah, we, I don't know that we'll see him just yet, but he was playing really well. He was a top 50 guy over the last two weeks. And with all the injuries piling up in, in Dallas, like I wouldn't be surprised if we see, people like that emerge shallow leagues tim hardaway jr is the guy you want to add he just went off last night he's having some back issues so he may be in and out of the lineup but you know that's like a back-to-back -back situation but for the rest of the week i think you can pretty much lock in tim hardaway jr and dante exum i like both of those calls dante exum's a guy none of us expected to do much of anything but tim hardaway yeah. jr always getting consistent production from him for the most part if he's getting the minutes and healthy uh, Rafael, anybody else you want to add to that list? Does Grant Williams get a nod at all uh, for scoring 19 for points in the Lakers? 
he would for me. He, he wasn't the most consistent before his injury. Um, but I think, obviously, no Kyrie, no Derek Jones Jr., no Josh Green as well. Um, he's worth a look in, in more deep leagues. I think he's like 15% rostered right now. So he's definitely going to be available. Um, the progression that Derek Lively the second has made shouldn't be overlooked either. Um, I think he's yeah. been one of the more impressive, impressive rookies in this class. Um, looked really good last night. Got good chemistry with Luka Doncic, which is huge in that two-man game. So he's someone else with Luka having the ball in his hands even more and seemingly trusting his teammates more than he has in seasons past. It's someone else who could potentially benefit both now and when Kyrie returns because they're certainly going to need Lively. Um, as they look to make a move in the West. Yeah, they needed a big man entering the year, and he's given them boards to eight rebounds in his last eight, 16 and nine rebounds in his last three games, yeah. uh, 16 plus in two of his last five. So Dan said what he was going to be a top 100 fantasy player this year. Uh, where is he at right now? Where are we at, Dan? Uh, he's not quite there yet, but um, if he, he keeps blocking the way that he is, he's, he's definitely creeping up on it. Um, yeah, he had a seven-block game earlier this month. Uh, no, he is. Right. He's 62nd yeah. in basketball, Monster. All right. Yeah, and he's uh, 126th in points league. So, yeah, he's he's definitely a top 100 guy. Yeah, there you go. Right on cue. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're seven blocks against the Thunder, he had three blocks uh, against the Lakers as well. So uh, that alone is definitely going to help you climb the boards. Uh, but that was a great call on that part and a uh, great, great call in general, on the guys that pick up there. So we're going to come talk about Paul George and the Clippers, LeBron and the Lakers, and more. But a reminder, this holiday season, get the fantasy fun in your life, an exclusive Road World Draft Guide bundle, everybody, featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season-long tools. Get all three of our draft guides for one low price. Go to NBCSports.com backslash holiday bundle and use code HOLIDAY23 at checkout to receive 25% off and a $10 Fanatics gift card. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So as mentioned earlier in the show, Paul George is down with a groin injury now. The Clippers' woes uh, continue in some ways. Uh, Raphael, what is your opinion on that matter? How long is he going to be out, in your opinion? And uh, what are we looking at fantasy-wise? Yeah, not sure. Um, they should know more you know, later today in terms of a prognosis for him. But Norman Powell started the third quarter of, of Tuesday's win over the Kings. So I think he's going to be that plug-and-play guy. 
uh, in terms of their their rotation. I think he's rostering about 40% Yahoo leagues. So that's going to be the guy, I think. Um, Terrence Mann's already starting. Maybe he receives a boost uh, in terms of more opportunities, but I don't expect too much to happen there. So I think if you're going to add anyone, probably be Norman Powell right now. Yeah, I won't disagree with that either. I think uh, Norman Powell, straight shooter, you're going to get the same production again like we were just talking about in the last uh, last piece about Tim Hardaway. It's almost the same exact thing. Dan, what's your opinion? Um, I'm still trying to figure it out. So Ty Lu said that he could have returned in the second half, but medical determined that it probably wasn't best for him. So like I'm, I'm trying to determine like what the severity of the injury is, but it's probably going to be a – Growing suck, right? Like these are one of these things that you could easily aggravate. Yeah. So I'd expect them to exercise caution. And the way Kawhi Leonard's playing and just their their starting five in general, man, the, the Clippers are definitely starting to hit their stride a little bit. So I, I feel like you don't want to risk the long term, you know, issue here. So you know, play it conservatively, sit him out a couple games, make sure they can get back to it. So I would agree with Raf. I think Norman Powell would be the ad. I don't know that Terrence Mann. I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, and obviously, if Russell Westbrook was available in shallow leagues, I think he would obviously get a bump too. But um, yeah, those—that's probably the only. It's a really tight rotation with with Ty Lue, so I wouldn't expect too many people to be able to just, you know, jump in and replace Paul George. It's really going to be James Harden, uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, et cetera. Yeah, I think it's just that they don't want to do too much change of the rotation. Now they finally started winning. Five straight wins is a season long for the Clippers right now, uh, and they've had a lot of issues. So this isn't coming at a great time. I uh, do want to give a note, though. You obviously said Kawhi Leonard. You know, he scored 30-plus in three straight. But uh, James Harden, not doing too bad either. Assist and rebounds department, 13-plus in four of the last five games uh, and also 15-plus points in four of the last five. So he's also starting to find his offensive stride with the Clippers, too, which uh, I think has helped them win. So Raphael uh, staying in Los Angeles, flipping to the Lakers. LeBron and AD both questionable against the Spurs. Uh, who benefits the most if they sit and you expect them to sit like we all do probably? Yeah, I, I kind of think they will. He had a tough game in Dallas on Tuesday. The Spurs have lost 17 in a row, uh, which is only the second longest current streak in the NBA right oh, now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 20, right? Yeah. yeah. They hit the Pistons have lost 20 in a row. But I think – of the two, I think Davis would be more inclined to sit because he tweaked his hip during Tuesday's loss, stayed in the game, but that's been something that's lingered for him. LeBron's had the lingering calf issue, but he's had no you know, setbacks in that regard. So if anyone's going to play, I would say LeBron, but given the state of the Spurs, I wouldn't be su- surprised if they sat. And if they both sit, D'Angelo Russell, you know, for better or for worse, could be given more leeway to kind of make some things happen. And Austin Reeves coming off the bench, you know, he's going to be in a position where already a key playmaker for that second unit, maybe he starts and becomes an even more important factor. Or even if he stays with the the reserves, he's going to be of greater importance with LeBron AD out. So both of those guys should already be rostered in most leagues. So I don't really think there's someone that you're going to necessarily rush out and add um good luck with like a christian wood because he hasn't even been playing recently and i don't think you should do that so i'm not going to recommend that you do it um yeah i think i think if anything maybe tory and prince but for the most part it's just watch russell and reeves and then probably look for other options on a nine game night yeah i i agree with most of that dan i was going to say 
It's. I feel like this is kind of a situation you might be able to throw a dart on a Lakers player or two if LeBron and AD are both out because guys will get significant minutes. Um, but definitely think D'Lo and Austin Reeves are going to have substantial games if those two are out. What's your opinion? Yeah, I'm with you guys on that. Like, I think it's it's a big slate uh, of games. So, like, I think you could find other options. This isn't the time to stream on a Wednesday night. Um, Torian Prince would probably be the guy in deeper leagues that I would target. He's averaging 15 points, three boards, three assists. Good for probably some steals and maybe a couple threes. But, like, if you're if you're desperate to fit him in there, um, I'd probably look elsewhere. There's probably better options on the waiver wire. Um, Cause as you said, I think D'Lo and, and Austin Reese are really going to shoulder that, that playmaking and uh, shot creation that LeBron usually has there. So uh, Christian Wood, good luck. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that direction. Yeah. Let's stay uh, on the same team. It's different sideline, our same different sideline, same game uh, with the Spurs. Cause Wemby now starting at the five, Zach Collins to the bench. Uh, Raphael, what was your opinion on that? Do you think that's going to help the Spurs not in fantasy, not just win games? Because maybe nothing can help them at this point. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Wemby went for like, what, 21 and 20 with a few blocks the first game he started at center. Guess it's beyond game. time that they take the training wheels off. It's obvious that they're trying to protect him. You know, and you know they kind of just let him go and you know, see – put them in different positions, see what they potentially have there. But you look, you go a few hours north to Oklahoma City, and they've done pretty well with a slender seven-footer playing in the middle by himself. So it's like at a certain point, I think you you kind of expected this to happen. So I think Wemby's been like a close to a top 25 fantasy player in terms of per-game value. I think he's got a shot at approaching top 20, if not higher. Um with this move, if they stick to it. Now, the other part of it is Jeremy Sohan hasn't been playing as much point guard as he did start the season. You know, they kind of tried to shoehorn him into that role and it just didn't work. So we've seen other guys, you know, handle the basketball, that first unit. For some reason, Trey Jones is still coming off the bench, even though he's their best playmaker on the roster, in my opinion, that would probably help Wimby even more, but at, at a minimum, they've got him as the lone big on the floor, and that should help him right now. Yeah, there's no excuses if they do take the training wheels off. I feel like you're not going to expect 20 and 20 every game from him, yeah. uh, certainly like what he did against the Bulls. But, I mean, 15 and 12 is within Wemby's wheelhouse every game mm-hmm. if they're letting him be him. Uh, Dan, what do you think about the move as well? Um, I think it, it needed to be done, as Raf suggested. I think there's been precedence here. Chet Holmgren's doing just fine playing that center spot. And I think it is a bit of kid gloves and also Popovich trying to find, you know, whatever he has in this point forward. Sohan, Sohan experience. Like, it's just, I think it's kind of run its course, right? You lose 17 straight games. It's like, okay, you got to switch it up here. So I think it makes a lot of sense for Wemby to be the center. Obviously 2020 is not going to happen every game, as you guys said, but I think it's also going to allow for more spacing for other players like Devin Vassell, um, I think we'll see more pick and roll, traditional pick and rolls where Wemby can actually have a chance to, you know, get the ball in space and make a move. Um, whereas when Zach Collins is also out there, it gets it gets a little clunky, even though Zach Collins is a good passing big. Like you want to play through Wemby. You don't want to play mm-hmm. through Zach Collins. So I think this is just a matter of time. Now, the the bigger question is what is what does this mean for Zach Collins? I would hold on to him for now in 12 team leagues. 
because I don't know that he's just going to go away. Now his minutes are down in the last three. He's averaging over 20 or over the last five is averaging like 24 minutes a game. But the last, last game was pretty concerning. You know, he didn't even see 20 minutes. So if that trend continues, if he's playing under 20 minutes, I think he's a drop. But if he can get up to the mid 20s, 25, 26, he was averaging 28 as a starter. I think you keep him around. He's a good passing big. He won't hurt you in in uh, field goal percentage. Um, decent rebounder around six a game. Um, but you're really not going to get the points that he had before. So there's definitely been a points drop off. So uh, I think I would hold on to him for now, but I wouldn't be surprised you know, if we see his minutes go under 20. He's a drop. Yeah, he's certainly going to fluctuate a little bit. They're going to have to keep changing it up, but you don't want to do too much change in that rotation, Dan, because you don't want to lose 20 straight like the Pistons, right? He's changing something <laughs> every single night. Uh, but, you know, uh, I won't change I won't change my fandom, guys, even though, uh, you know, the Bulls got, got me the other night betting. Uh, then I chose not to bet them against the Nuggets because I'm sick, but I was like, you know, the Nuggets will probably cover seven and a half. They won by eight. Um, and I was watching the game and I see Joker get ejected and I'm literally like, for what? Uh, like, come on. Like, this is the whole you reason to watching the Bulls game is to watch Jokic play. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest. Uh, so, Crazy. you know, he's ejected. Murray's dealing with an injury. Uh, they still get it done, but our man Bobby Schmerda drops 25, uh, you know, get, helps the Nuggets solidify that win. So, uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on the Nuggets situation right now? Anybody worth picking up? Um, before we get to that, we got to talk about how Jokic gets tossed on Serbian Heritage Night. Like, what are, what are we doing? Oh, what are we doing? The one time you get your people out to see the guy that they, they want to see. Like, we got to watch the Bulls already. Like, let's at mm -hmm. least watch the MVP, you know, reigning champion right now. And then you get him tossed for one technical. He didn't even get two. He got tossed after one just, yeah. for, just for saying, uh, for calling the ref. Uh, and, and the crowd was booing. Like yeah. really hard too, yeah. so that makes a lot of sense. I didn't know it was Serbian Heritage Night. That ref yeah. needs fine. We need, yeah, that ref needs fine. I think this needs to be a bigger thing about you know the accountability here. Like between yeah. that and the Chris Paul stuff that's been going on, like we just got to do better. Um, mm -hmm. The NBA needs to do better, and you know for fantasy sake, like you know what I'm saying, that's your first. That's one on one right there, and he's getting tossed for yeah. something that's like a, a pretty standard play, like. Everybody curses at the refs. Like, what? What does Draymond do? Like, come on. Like, there's nothing different here. Like, it's Jokic. He's a great dude. Like, he didn't want no smoke. Like, they're doing too much. Anyway, um, yeah, Jamal Murray's ankle injury. It just sucks because he's he had an ankle injury. It's not his same ankle that he injured earlier in the season, but it's still an ankle injury. So I think Reggie Jackson, if you want some Jamal Murray insurance, like I think Reggie Jackson makes a lot of sense. Even when he was coming off the bench, he's He's been pretty good at distributing, you know, six assists in, in three, three of his last four, I believe. Um, and he's scoring. So, like, I think from right now, you can safely hold Reggie Jackson in in 12 team leagues because of Jamal, Jamal Murray's ankles. Like, I, mm -hmm. I think they got to play. It, they got to play it safe here. You don't want to hurt your star player. Reggie Jackson's been playing great. So continue to ride him. Yeah, in order to repeat, you're going to have to definitely keep him healthy over the course of the entire season. Rafael, what about uh, Christian Braun and Julian Strother? Those two guys worth adding right now? Or um, DeAndre Jordan? I would have Braun and, and Strother on, on a watch list, not not necessarily to add right now. But I think Jackson, when he starts, he's been really good. He scored 20 or more in each of his last five starts. So, yeah, as Dan said, you grab him right now. And the thing is, 
the only other person in the league we've seen deal with bilateral ankle issues right now is Jalen Duren, and he's currently out. He's had to miss time in the past this season for that very reason. So I wouldn't be shocked if we're looking at an extended absence for Jamal Murray here, which makes Reggie even more valuable in fantasy. Yeah, yeah, definitely a great point. Um, how about over in Phoenix? We got Bradley Bill returning. Kevin Durant could be back as soon as Friday, too. Uh, that'd be an exciting exciting weekend, in my opinion, because I'll be watching basketball and football all weekend. We got the equinox for me in four different sports. Uh, so, Rafael, what's your, uh, what's your opinion on the Phoenix situation? Is there anybody now worth dropping with these guys coming back? Um, I think it's time to bid farewell to Grayson Allen. Uh, he's out again on Wednesday. Um, Beal is going to yeah. be able to play. Um, also, Kevin Durant is now probable for Wednesday's game Ooh. against the Nets. So we could see the big three on the court together um, for the first time this season. Well, first time period, obviously, since Beal's a new arrival. Eric Gordon, I would probably hold on to for a little bit just to see how you know things shake out with Beal and Durant in terms of their respective injuries, if they have to dial it back at all in the near future. So hold on to him for a bit. But, yeah, Grayson Allen, there's really no point in having him on your roster. I think everything else is just status quo at this point. Like, you weren't going to have Josh Okogi or Keita Bates-Giop or Chemezi Metsu on your roster to begin with. So I think just drop Grayson Allen, I would say. Yeah, you sold me once you said his name. That's all I needed to hear. It's Raphael. <laughs> uh, Dan, what you got on the Phoenix side? What? Would you drop him if he's in your IL? Because right now, like Grace Nouns out with a groin injury. Yeah. So, like, would you That's keep him there? Or you, you still think he's worth dropping? I think if you have him in an IL spot, there's really no, you might as well keep him there and keep that extra roster spot. But if you don't, if you already have someone in an IL spot, then go ahead and drop him and, and find someone else. There are some good options on the wire right, wire right now. Yeah, that's that's what I would agree with, too. Um, I think Eric Gordon's going to have the staying power. Um, he's been consistent. He hasn't been hurt at all. And I think he's going to mm -hmm. continue to be that six man kind of bucket for them. Um, and it sucks that Grayson Allen's got a growing injury right now because, you know, he's he's going to be missing time. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see what this big three looks like. I'm, I'm excited to see it, man. Um, curious to see what this does for Devin Booker, because, you know, coming into the season, it was supposed to be Bradley Bill. It's going to be playing point guard. But, you know, obviously point book has been a, a thing this year. So. Uh, really curious to see how these guys mesh, and uh, it's going to be an exciting time for the league now that uh, we got some more star power in Phoenix again. If I'm not mistaken by saying this is Kevin Durant's first game against the Nets since playing for them, is that correct? I feel like that's right because I feel like he had a long he had yeah, a long stint without playing against the Warriors, and then also against the Nets. Like he just yeah. <laughs> once he leaves yeah. a destination, he's good. He doesn't want to see y'all anymore. I'm saying the last time he's played the Nets, according to StatMuse, was a member of the Warriors in 2018. Right. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that is. And maybe that's a motivational point for him to get out there tonight. Do you guys expect, you know, 20 plus points and eight rebounds or anything from Durant? Or is it kind of just get him back into the action slowly? Who's guarding him? Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's probably going to be Mikhail, I think, or Durant. Bridges yeah. on Durant? Yeah. Ooh. I think either one. You know, Cam yeah. Johnson capable yeah, as well. Right, so, yeah, yeah, Cam Johnson also former uh, former son as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I like that. Yeah, it's gonna be entertaining games. Nets and Suns. Uh, would like to see those guys all on the court together. Uh, let's talk about before we hit another break and talk about some buy low, sell high options. Mitchell Robinson. 
he's had an absence here for the Knicks, who played pretty well. They looked good against the Raptors. Not much defense in that game at all. Uh, Dan, what, what's your opinion on New York's situation? Anybody worth adding or shouting out there uh, for the Knicks? Yeah. So I think Tibbs kind of showed his hand yesterday, starting Jericho Sims and bringing, or two days ago, bringing Isaiah Hartenstein off the bench. But I, I think Isaiah Hartenstein is going to be the one that you're going to want to prioritize. Um, he's just a better fantasy player. Now, last year, you know, when when Mitchell Robinson missed time, Hartenstein's numbers weren't that great. Um, but I think this is a little bit of a different scenario. When you have an eight to 10 week timeline that you're facing, that, that that's at a minimum. That's for him to get reevaluated, that being Mitchell Robinson. There's a chance that he could be out longer than that. So I think Isaiah Hartenstein is not going to have to look over his shoulder necessarily for, you know, to earn significant minutes and keep him. Um, he's going to be playing anywhere from 25 to 28 minutes. I don't expect him to be over 30 that much, but it could happen because Jericho Sims isn't that good. Um, he's a good rebounder, but he doesn't really do anything offensively. And I think you saw that second lineup, that second unit that Tibbs really values having Josh Hart there um, and now Quentin Grimes. Um, he could actually be the guy that they play through with that unit. So when Emmanuel quickly, obviously. So um, I think there's going to be a, a good point for Isaiah Hartenstein to not only get rebounds, assists, and blocks. Um, he, he's going to be a good fantasy player. So I, I would definitely pick him up. Other than that, I think Josh Hart's probably the one that's also going to benefit. Maybe they play a little bit smaller, play a little bit faster. Um, but yeah, those are the guys I think I'd probably prioritize after Mitchell Robinson going down. Yeah, I think it's very interesting how the rotation's been all season, especially with the guards you all named. And then now, you know, you see the center position kind of figure itself out with injury. Rafael, what do you expect if a guy like Hardenstein's getting 20-plus minutes per game? Yeah, I think his value will improve some. Um, but I think the most important thing that they've done is keep him in the same role. You know, I think a lot of, we are all expecting him to start, but bring him off the bench keeps him in his familiar role. And he was finishing games, you know, when when Robinson was healthy, too. Like, there were some nights when Hartenstein would play well and they'd leave him in the finish. So I don't think anything changes there. It's just that he's a lock to finish games now as opposed to it being up in the air, depending on who is playing well when Robinson was healthy. So I think, I think Dan pretty much hit on all of it right there with, with his analysis. Yeah. Um, great job, Dan. Round of applause then. <laughs> uh, but no, I agree. I uh, I think the Knicks aren't too hard to figure out, but they have, you know, their rotation for the most part, the nine, 10 solid players they do have, I feel like are all very um, solidified for playoff rotational minutes. I think New York's solid four or five seed again, Raphael. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this Saturday, guys, we have a big college basketball game on Peacock. Uh, watch arguably the best game to date of the college basketball season happened this Saturday. Top-ranked Arizona faces off with reigning Naismith Player of the Year, Zach Eady, and number three Purdue in a matchup that could be a, a preview of a Final Four game later this year. The two powers tip off at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock, and I'm definitely going to be excited. I'll have a pick on that game up on the NBC Sports website as well because – Saturday is my birthday, my 30th birthday. We got to win some money on, on Saturday. <laughs> At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amiga. Empathy is our best policy. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Oh. Uh, buy low, sell high options, gentlemen. Uh, Raphael, I'll start with you. Um, let's go with Derek White. Um, you know, D'Lo's favorite player. Are you buying low, selling high? Um, you're not gonna be able to buy him low at this point. Uh, he's been play- he's been playing some really good basketball, top ten value over the last two weeks. I think I would hold him. Um, and, and the reason why is you know his production isn't like wildly out of whack with what he normally does. I think he can definitely maintain top fifty value uh, throughout the season and play at that level. So personally. I think I'd hold him because I don't think you're going to get like a top 10 caliber player in return for him in a trade. So I would hold Derek White right now. Yeah, it seems like the smart option, Dan. Um, yeah, I would I would definitely hold Derek White. Um, although I do see the case to sell him, though. Um, he's definitely not a, a first round value. The question I would have is like, what where does it kind of stand? And I feel like he's more of a guy that you would trade with another asset. Um, I don't know that I like the one-on-one value for for Derek White because he offers such a unique skill set from a, the guard position. Like no one plays defense like he does. Well, maybe Shea Gilders Alexander does, mm-hmm. um, but there's not that many. It's like a handful, right? So I would make sure I would try to package somebody else with Derek White to get a good player. I think that'd be the best way to play it. But straight up, I would probably pass on on trying to trade for Derek White. Uh, one thing I want to go back to say last week. I mentioned a couple of names with Scotty Barnes as as being people I'd be willing to trade. And I was I must have like got some magic shrooms from like King <laughs> like a long time ago or something because I don't know what I was thinking with like Dejounte Murray and I think I mentioned somebody else who was it Evan Mobley. This was before he got his knee injury or whatever. Yeah. But either way, Scotty Barnes like he should be getting you know Carl Anthony Towns type value like somebody that's like way better than those guys. So. I just want to take that back. Hopefully no one traded Scott Scotty Barnes for DeJounte Murray. Um, <laughs> but I gotta hold myself accountable. So yeah, that, that was just a shitty advice. <laughs> yeah, we got we gotta hold ourselves accountable for bad advice. I mean, mm-hmm. I took the Bulls team total under the night, Dan and Kobe White and Demar DeRozan had 65 combined yeah. points. And I said, you know what? I gotta hold that one. Uh but yeah, <laughs> no, I I like the Derek White. This is kind of off script because uh, you know, I thought of this Raphael, I want to ask you because I know you love these dumb questions. If Derek White became LeBron James's teammate, would that be enough? Derek White's new look for LeBron to finally go bald before he retires? No, no, I, I don't think so. Like, I don't. I'm not saying this to speak on LeBron personally, but it's like not everyone has the proper head shape to go bald or, or certain hairstyles. They just don't work. Like, now the kid asked my barber for a high top fade, and he's like, "Now your head ain't shaped right." And I didn't get that. That that's just how it is. Like you, some some hairstyles are made for certain people and are not made for others. You know, it's really that. It, that's it. It's really all that, that there is to say to say about it. You know, 
Yeah, you already know the risk you what we walk into when you enter a barber shop asking for a haircut. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never seen him deny it though. It's like, nah, bro, I'm not even gonna do that to you. Yeah, that's not that, you. That's a good barber though. That, I'd rather have a barber yeah, yeah. than one to oh whatever you say. No, tell me the truth. Yeah, he wanted to be taller. He said, I can't do that for you, man. All right, uh, let's talk about Cal Kuzma. Uh, over the last two weeks, according to Basketball Monster, he's ranked 229th. Uh, but obviously, being on the Wizards, he'll have plenty of time to get that ranking up and to run his minutes and production up. So, Raphael, buying low, selling high? Oh, man. See, I'm trying not to say anything bad about Ted Leonsis here. Um, but so I, I, I'm kind of measuring my words. But, uh, I think in terms of Kuzma, I think if you can buy low, I would try to do that personally. I, I prefer, I like his skill set a bit more than Jordan Poole's when it comes to like trying to rebound from a um, a slow period. So I think with Kuzma, if you can buy low, I would try to do that. I think it may be difficult. He may still be around like top 100 season long value, but I think Kuzma is someone I would be interested in adding to my team. How high can Kyle Kuzma climb, Dan? And would you add him to your team? Oh yeah, I would keep keep your shares of um, of Kyle Kuzma because I feel like the way that Jordan Poole is playing, Tyus Jones, there's no consistency with the Wizards. I mean, even if they're getting blown out, one thing remains constant, and that is Kyle Kuzma getting all of the work. Um, he's their best passer right now. He's one of their best rebounders. Obviously, their best scorer. So. Um, with that kind of usage and what he provides across categories, I wouldn't be worried about his little rut. He'll figure it out. He's, I mean, it's just crazy that I know that Raf just mentioned it, but uh, the fact that the Wizards are considering moving to Alexandria is freaking awful. Like, what are, like, the money, oh. man? Like, I uh, come to Pittsburgh. Sorry. Producer, producer Adam, we're, we're sorry for you, man. I, I feel for you. That this is some this is some nonsense going on. How's Alexandria going to get a team before Pittsburgh? That's not even. You know what I'm uh, saying like, don't nobody want to go to Alexandria to go watch a basketball game, man. Like, get out of here with this. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen a lot of the expansion <laughs> stuff, and we'll have to make that a big talking point, I think, next week, and see, uh, you know. Uh, what we think, because that's not a place that I would travel to to watch basketball. Whatsoever. No, no. Um, man, just keep it. I'll in tell the you right now. What are y'all doing? I'll tell you right now, if I ever get the Mark Cuban money, I'm bringing a team to Pittsburgh, baby, because we would welcome a fan base, a franchise here. Um, but let's talk about two more guards onto uh, our buy low, sell high segment, Dan. Let's do Jalen Green and CJ McCollum. Um, would you be willing to get Jalen Green on your team? Would you go trade for him and buy, buy low on him? Or would you be willing to sell high on CJ McCollum, who's been pretty impressive in his return from injury? Um, ooh, it's a tough sell for me to buy low on Jalen Green because, like, I feel like outside of points leagues, that's maybe like the only reason I would try to get him because he doesn't really do much other than score. But I think I'm more concerned about the fact that he's getting benched for Aaron Holiday in late in games now. And, um, maybe that was just circumstantial, like, he's you know, Ime Udoka's noticing something right in the hot hand. Aaron Holiday has been playing very well. Surprised more people actually haven't been talking about that um, for what he's been doing on a permanent basis. But clearly, Ime knows, and uh, I think he's just grown tired of like whatever Jalen Green isn't doing. And I feel like the one thing that he was, everyone thought that he was going to be doing was scoring. And the fact is, he's just missing his shots now. So you know, until he gets back to the drawing board and actually starts knocking down some shots, man, I'd just be hard pressed to want him on my roster, especially in category league. So hard pass on him. 
CJ McCollum, I think, is someone that you could probably be looking to sell high on, mainly because Zion isn't playing very well. Um, he has an injury history, um, and he's playing outstanding right now. And if you look at his past year's production, the field goal percentage is looking a little higher than usual. Um, the assists are great, but I think B.I. has really become the, the point forward of this team. Um, this team is going to get healthier, and as Trey Murphy gets more integrated into the starting lineup, I think we'll start to see – a little bit less of CJ McCollum being so uh, productive from a fantasy perspective. So, like as well as he's been playing, I think it's great. I could see that, that. I could see the argument for holding him, but I would also be looking to sell him. Like I think you could get a pretty nice haul right now. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point too. Because I mean, with uncertainty around Zion and him all the time, CJ is not a bad hold. But at the same time, you could always get someone really good in return for him because of that factor as well. Um, Raphael, what's your opinion on both players? And uh, let me ask you this because. Um, I had this argument a couple days ago with uh, with a family member, of course, uh, about the Pelicans, about Zion, because he's saying it's Zion's team. And I said, we might look back on this time and say this was Brandon Ingram's team, but we were just too naive to acknowledge that. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think it's Ingram's team, Zion's team, or just it's just the Pelicans? I think it's just the Pelicans right now, to be honest with you. like In theory, it should be Zion's team, but he really hasn't consistently – played to that level. Um, we've seen Ingram kind of take over down the stretch of games, but I think he, his ceiling's a bit limited in terms of being able to carry a franchise. So until Zion figures things out, they may be in a bit of a holding pattern in that regard. Um, as for CJ, I think I would sell. Um, third round value, he, he strikes me as like a fifth or sixth round guy when it's all said and, said and done. So if you can get, you know, third, fourth round value for him right now, I would strongly consider doing that. Jalen Green, I, I'm not attaching him at all. Um, <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't defend particularly well, and, and where Houston has made the big jump this season is on yeah. that end of the floor. So that's probably a big reason why we've seen more of Aaron Holiday you know, late in games, because he's a, a capable and willing defender. Not that Jalen doesn't try, it just really isn't in his skill set. And when the, the shots aren't falling, his value really doesn't – it's not much of a value add having him in a rotation, you know, playing 30 plus minutes a night. So, yeah, I would not be looking to add him to my fantasy roster at all right now. That's a great point you just made about the defense. Uh, you know, Minnesota Timberwolves, number one rated defense in the NBA. Houston Rockets, number two. Orlando Magic, number three. Uh, by the way, Celtics, fourth under five. Uh, four teams on that list you probably would not have pictured beyond. No. Maybe the Timberwolves, because the Timberwolves have two bigs. Uh, you know, and the Celtics. But other than that, those other three are pretty surprising. So, yeah, great call on Jalen Green, too, and the Rockets. That rotation just doesn't fit what he does. Um, so let's talk about scheduling. Before that, as a reminder, for all your NBC sports shows, you guys can go to Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports for all your podcasts and shows. Uh, for the Week 8 schedule, we got a ton of teams with three games, uh, a couple teams with two games, some back-to-backs as well. So a lot to talk about here and a little bit of time. So, uh, Raphael, I'll let you lead us off. Um, what teams are you looking at this week or any what players in particular because of schedules? We just talked about the Pelicans. Um, interested to see what happens with Zion. He's questionable for Wednesday. That may be the opening that Trey Murphy needs to really take off uh, in fantasy. I think he's been playing well since he returned from his knee injury. But Herb Jones is hung in there and, and remained in the starting lineup because he's also been playing well. 
you know, no Zion could have those two on the court in the starting lineup together. Murphy's going to give them high-level spacing with his three-point shooting. So I don't think he's someone you're going to be able to find in standard leagues, but your shallow leagues, he may be someone worth worth looking into with them having three more games to play this week. Yeah, Trey Murphy has 58 points and 10 threes made in his four games back. So definitely like his production. Rafael, do you have a pager? Is that what that um, is? No, it was, it was the uh, – it was my watch, actually. Tell me I have to stand up. Some reason I heard a uh, uh, yeah, healthy guy. Some reason you struck me as a guy that had a pager at one point. Uh, no. I don't know if that's true. No, okay, cool. Then I feel got uh, that double life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Uh, uh, what are you looking at for the weekend schedule? Um. Yeah, I'll just be looking for for teams that have three games left. Um, so we talked about the Warriors situation. So I think Brandon Pajemski definitely definitely a guy you could look at for for deeper twelve team leagues, fourteen whatever. Uh, Dario Saric, obviously, if if Draymond we get any news on his suspension. Um, another team uh, that's kind of going through some injury issues is the Miami Heat. Um, I think Caleb Martin is a person that I would certainly pick up. He's been playing really well. Uh, but also, if you're looking for a big man, Orlando Robinson would be someone that I would kind of give a look at also because Bam Adebayo is still without a timetable for his return yet. So um, he actually could be a guy that could could go a couple of maybe a week or so here. Um, trying to see what other teams here. Um, um, Can I throw Nick Richards in the equation? Yeah, yeah, definitely throw Nick Richards in there for sure. Because Mark Williams is, is going to yeah. be out. And um, yeah, he's definitely going to be a guy that you can add. Uh, who's the other team I was thinking of? Um, is there a uh, oh in Utah? I guess the the other the only other one I was going to say was the Utah Jazz. We still don't know about Laurie Markkinen. Still don't know about Walker Kessler. So Kelly Olynyk was dog shit last game, but I feel like he could be better <laughs> with more minutes. Um, Ochai Agbaji also wasn't very good. Uh, Fontecchio was also not good. The, the Utah Jazz did, didn't play well, but. I think there is some still some streaming opportunities there if you're missing Walker Kessler or you're missing um, uh, Lori Marketing going forward. Yeah, one of the one of the many teams that have three games uh, this upcoming week, and you know the Pacers are another team that has that. Uh, the Warriors we mentioned, Boston, Atlanta, Brooklyn, the Knicks, Sixers, all your teams. Um, anybody else that you want to add, Raphael, or teams you're looking at in general how they perform the next week? Back to back as well. That. This is more of like box score watching than anything because I pretty much refuse to watch this team play basketball at this point. But <laughs> I'm watching Bilal, Bilal Koulibaly in Washington. Um, there, I expect there to come a time when they just have to give him the starters minutes and let him play as much as he can um, because they're not going anywhere. I think between them, the Pistons, and the Spurs, those are like clearly the three worst teams in the NBA. But San Antonio has a – bonafide building block while the other two are just kind of, you know, I don't know, just like plodding along. It's, it's, it's dreadful, but I think, yeah, I think Koulibaly would be someone I'd be watching three games to play this week, but yeah, you might as well start preparing for silly season now because the year's almost, year's almost up. And, you know, by the time you know it, we're going to be past the trade deadline. And you're going to see some of these guys kind of sprout up in, in rotations even more than they already have been. 
Um, yeah, I just want to go off. I, mean, I know last week we talked about Scoot Henderson and wanted to hold on to him. He had his best game as a pro last mm-hmm. game. Um, he's under 40%, 47% rostered right now. Um, are you picking him up in shallow leagues, Raf? Yes. Like I said, hey, there's no you might as, you might as well start preparing, you know, for exactly. the season. Exactly. You know, yep. I think I think he's getting used to those goggles. Um, that was an issue when he first got back. He's been healthy. He's coming off the bench, but you know, like, hey, there's probably gonna come a point where they go with a perimeter rotation of him, Anthony Simons, and Shaden Sharp. It wouldn't surprise me at all mm-hmm. if they did that eventually. So yeah, I would definitely pick him up in shallow leagues right now. Yeah, I was surprised to see he's under 50, man. Go get Scoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Simons and Sharp, man, they've been balling. Uh, yeah, I actually wanted to give you guys a shout-out. I almost forgot since we didn't talk about Scoot this time. But last Wednesday show, we were talking about him struggling, but he'll pick it up. I uh, watched that game against the Warriors. I live bet the Warriors to come back and win because uh, probably everyone in America was. But you're like, they're not going to lose to Portland. And I had to take Scoot under nine mm-hmm. and a half points. He finished with nine. What an mm-hmm. exciting night. Uh, so it was a good one. Yeah, it was. That's how I like it. I like mine. they sweaty. Uh, back-to-backs this week. We got some teams that have them. Dan, uh, anybody you're targeting on back-to-back? Um, yeah, I think you could look at the, uh, I think the, uh, who's got the, the best one here. Um, yeah, Scoop, I think fits the bill. They play Dallas and, and, uh, Golden State on Saturday, Sunday. Um, Shallow leagues, you may want uh, Malik Beasley might still be out there. I would look at him against Detroit and then Houston on Saturday, Sunday. Um, other than that, it'd probably be, yeah, all the Miami guys that I mentioned, they play Charlotte and Chicago on Wednesday, Thursday. I think you're going to get a nice game out of Caleb Martin and uh, Jaime Jaquez as well as Orlando Robinson. Yeah, I definitely noticed on the Friday, Saturday, back-to-back schedule, a lot of teams that uh, don't play defense, Atlanta, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana. And I was like, that's uh, that's tempting uh, for a lot of reasons. So I like that scheduling. Raphael, uh, what's your main opinion on the back-to-backs? What are you looking to do? I kind of gave mine away earlier uh, with Nick Richards, uh, 14% rostered. They've got a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. It's probably their three games to end the week. Mark Williams is doubtful for for, for Wednesday. And with that back-to-back lurking, I don't see him playing both of those games. So you may get two starts out of Richards at the least. So that's who I would probably target with a back-to-back to end this week. All right. I like it there. I think uh, that about rounds up what we're looking to do here with our, our waiver wire pickup scheduling back-to-backs. Um, any parting thoughts, Dan, before we get out of here? Uh, Lamella Ball. Said he doesn't want to wear ankle braces. Well, if you're not gonna wear ankle braces, bro, just get some mid, some mids, or some high tops or something. Because we need you. We need your ankles. We need you back, bro. We need you back. We would like to see both the balls back, but uh, sad to say, I don't think we're gonna see triple Bs anytime soon. Uh, but it's okay. I'm from a Chicago fan. It's okay. Uh, but another great show, guys, from Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, Raphael. Johnson of NBC Sports, Von Delzov, NBC Sports, our producer, Adam. Thank you so much. And everyone listening, watching live, you guys are awesome. Don't forget Holiday 23 for your bundle for the draft guides. We'll see you next Wednesday. Uh, Enjoy the NBA tonight and the rest of the week. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. 
and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.